have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy, and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Philippians chapter 2, verses 25 through 30. Welcome back. I'm Brian, and this is my Bible study podcast. We are still working through our concurrent study of the books of Philippians in the New Testament and Ecclesiastes in the Old. Mondays we cover Ecclesiastes, Thursday episodes cover a portion of Philippians. But it's all about identity. This whole series is about identity. In Ecclesiastes, the author, who's widely thought to be Solomon, lays out the case that we should turn from pursuing worldly things as our primary goal and instead turn to God. He says, and he kind of walks through a case-by-case basis, that seeking wisdom or money or status or pleasure just for the sake of those things, it's hevel, it's vanity, it's absolute futility. He uses the phrase chasing after the wind to describe trying to reach the finish line of things like wisdom or wealth or popularity. You're never going to feel like you've made it. We are never going to be satisfied by worldly things because we were never meant to be fully fulfilled by the things of this world. The point of Ecclesiastes is to turn from the things of this world and to live with a reverent fear of God. Sure, live, laugh, love, find joy in the blessings that God has provided, but understand who has granted them, and then live passionately and obediently chasing God above all else. In Philippians, Paul also encourages us to put away the pursuits of this world and to live for Christ. Live a life centered around Jesus and let who he is be our source for unfading joy. So the last time we were in Philippians, we talked about Timothy. And today we're going to chat about Epaphroditus. Both of these men had displayed a godly lifestyle during their time with Paul. Both provided Paul with confidence and enough trust for Paul to send them to the church at Philippi when Paul wasn't able to go himself. And in Epaphroditus' case, to actually hand carry written correspondence from Paul to the church at Philippi. And both are referred to as obedient messengers of the good news of Jesus Christ, striving forward for the gospel. Philippians 2 verses 25 through 30, they remind us of what a life looks like when it's founded upon an identity in Christ. I feel like these few verses get skimmed over. Like, yeah, it's just Paul chatting about some guy that I don't know, and he's sending him to some place that I'll never go at a time way back in time. So do I really need to read this part in any meaningful way? Well, I pray that we could meditate on this passage over the weekend in a way that maybe we haven't before. I pray that we would see how God uses people to make kingdom impacts, 
and I pray that we would all seek a firmer identity in Jesus Christ. I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. Philippians 2.25, ESV translation. So at the time of this letter, Paul was in prison. The Philippians knew Paul was in prison, and the letter will say later that they were the only church to enter into a partnership with Paul during this imprisonment. One of the things they did was send a care package and a care person. Epaphroditus was sent by the Philippians to minister to Paul's needs while he was in prison. So prisons in Rome and major Roman cities, they were primarily used for holding political prisoners, and others either before their trial or prior to their execution. A lot of times wealthy people who weren't being detained for political reasons, they were sentenced to house arrest while awaiting trial. Well, Paul was definitely not wealthy, and he was definitely a political prisoner. Because remember, in Roman society, only believing in the one true Christian God, that was a political offense. But either way, visitors were apparently allowed to come and to go, and they could bring with them food and basic need items for the prisoner. I mean, I guess it worked out for Rome, because if you had other people feeding your prisoners, you didn't have to pay for their food. But Epaphroditus did this for Paul. But Paul is Paul. And so ministering to Paul's needs, no doubt, also meant sharing the gospel with anyone and everyone that they could get an audience with. Because of Epaphroditus' ministry service, Paul considered him a brother, a co-worker in the gospel, and a fellow soldier for Christ, which is pretty high praise coming from Paul. Epaphroditus was then commissioned by Paul to go back to the church at Philippi as a messenger and a mentor. He actually was tasked with hand-carrying the letter that Paul wrote to them. So the book that we're now studying through was delivered to its original audience by Epaphroditus. For he has been longing for you all, and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death, but God had mercy on him. And not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. Philippians 2, 26-28 So while serving beside Paul in prison, Epaphroditus got sick. It must have been a pretty serious, because the Bible described that he got so ill that he nearly died. The Bible also describes that he, Epaphroditus, longed for the people at Philippi. Not because he wanted the comforts of home or because he was necessarily homesick, but because he was distressed that the church members had heard that he was sick. Maybe they had heard through the grapevine that Epaphroditus was near to death, but they didn't know that he had been saved, that he had been mercifully granted good health. So have you ever been in a situation where you are okay now, But your family and your friends might not have the latest update, so they're a little bit in a panic. Well, Epaphroditus wants to reassure his friends and his church family that he's been healed. And this appeared to have influenced Paul's decision on sending Epaphroditus home at this time. So Paul notes that God had mercy on Epaphroditus in that healing, again underlining the seriousness of whatever ailment had befallen him. 
Then, in a glimpse of Paul's compassion, Paul notes that by healing Epaphroditus, God was also displaying mercy upon Paul. Because if Epaphroditus had died, it would have brought Paul great sorrow, which is a Hebrew word meaning heaviness. The death of a fellow soldier for Christ, that would have weighed very heavily upon Paul. Verse 28 then closes, that I may be less anxious. Here, Paul isn't referencing some anxiety that stemmed from not trusting God in that situation. Here, Paul's merely talking about the burden that he felt for all those Christians that he's interacted with, both Epaphroditus and the church at Philippi that he's remembering so fondly in this letter. He has this burden, and he wants them to feel relieved. Paul included a description of why he was sending Epaphroditus back to Philippi, probably also to stem any gossipers or slanderers who might accuse Epaphroditus of being sent home because he wasn't doing a good job. That was not the case. And as Paul writes a letter to build up the church at Philippi, he also wants to build up his brother in Christ, Epaphroditus. So receive him in the Lord with all joy, and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Philippians chapter 2, verses 29 and 30, ESV translation. So the chapter ends with a call, a call to the original audience at Philippi as Aphrodite returns, and a call to its current audience who are still being called to follow Jesus today. Honor those who strive forward doing the work of the gospel, but also rejoice, find joy, and receive God's laborers with joy. See, it all goes back to joy as one of the primary themes of Paul's letter, resting in a joy that only Christ can provide, a joy that is independent of circumstance, a joy that is rooted in the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And so it all also goes back to the primary theme of our study through Philippians and Ecclesiastes, identity. An identity rooted in God and not in the things of this world. Epaphroditus and Paul gladly laid down worldly pursuits and status to serve God. I mean, just look at the journey that God sent Epaphroditus on. A Christian residing in a relatively hostile region controlled by Rome. A respected leader at the Church of Philippi. A journeyman sent from Philippi to Paul's prison cell to look after and work with Paul. A brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier for Christ alongside Paul during his imprisonment. A victim of some serious, some very serious, near-fatal illness that God mercifully healed. And a messenger carrying Paul's letter back to the church at Philippi. It's quite a journey in just the short time frame that we get to follow Epaphroditus. And it's definitely a journey that shows that his identity is being wrapped up in Christ and that Christ is using him to further his kingdom. If he was not firmly resting in Christ having died on the cross for our sins, in Christ's triumphant defeat of death through his resurrection, and in Christ's coming return, then he would never have been able to maintain the hope and trust in God that he did throughout all that he went through. Epaphroditus' journey might not be comparable to our own, and it's not meant to be comparable. But who we find our identity in, that can be. That same Jesus who Paul, Epaphroditus, and the church at Philippi found trust and peace in is the same Jesus at work in our lives today, 
That same Jesus who Paul and Epaphroditus strived forward to serve as co-workers and soldiers, that same Jesus still calls us to serve him and to strive forward in our journey as laborers for the advancement of the gospel. While we're not going to write a Bible book, and we're never going to deliver a handwritten Bible letter, that time is past, canon is closed, the Bible is done, but we are called to carry the message of the Bible to others. We are called to compassionately serve others. We are called to honor those who do God's work. And we are called to find joy in our lives as we walk in faith together. Thanks for listening. Unless otherwise noted, all Bible verses were from the English Standard Version or the ESV Bible Translation, copyright 2001 by Crossway, a publishing ministry of Good News Publishers. Next Monday, we'll be back in the book of Ecclesiastes. I think we only have three more chapters there to go, so we're getting close. Until then, though, I love y'all.